it's pretty much a broken record, isn't it? Vars shit. We need crowds. Yeah. That's not oh, a bad... some money. Guys, that's <laughs> not a bad way to sum it up was get this podcast started. <laughs> Welcome to Ramp Football UK, the podcast where a bunch of football fans get together. It's not always the same host with me, and we swear and we act like we're in a pub. So enjoy, and let's get this going. Welcome, Paul, to Ramp Football UK. I see you've got nice little Fosters in your hand. Yeah, yeah, I'm having a drink, Matt, as well, aren't you? Fantastic. Gavin's Gavin on the strong bow. (laughs) Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Yeah. And Andrew, finally, it's the podcast. You can swear. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> hey, you should. Uh, you should take your time, and every time Andrew swears, you should beep him. Right? No, not on this. It'll take me forever. I'll let him beep and beep, 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 beep. Anyway, how's everyone been? Ah, not too bad. Been good. Considering. How's, how's it up there? Because you're COVID central, one of the places what's just ridiculously locked down, aren't we? Just confusing. Nobody knows what they've been doing. It's, it's confusing it's as well. It is bad. So, yeah. people, if you're listening to this episode and you haven't listened to the ones before, it's plain and simple. As I said, this is a football show of football fans who love the game but love to rant as well. It's like <laughs> a setting. We're just going to rant. We're not going to talk about scores and predictions and stuff like that. That's on YouTube. We'll leave that there. We're just going to rant about certain things in the game and we're going to agree and disagree. So we're going to get into it. Paul, so you've got one. So let's get into this. Yeah, just the treatment of Romero, the goalkeeper at United. Uh, I don't know if you know, but in the cup games all last season, like um, for the past few seasons, they've been playing <laughs> in the cup games as they do. And then when you get to a final, you let him play, and we don't get to many of them at the moment. But uh, last season, we got to a few semi finals, and he thought he'd get in a nod, but they put De Gea in instead. So, you know, that isn't ideal. I don't know why they did that, and we ended up losing all of them. But uh, that's fair enough. That's a manager's decision. But then over the summer, he wanted to leave and it looked like he was going to leave. I thought he was going to Villa, to be honest, and that would have been good for him. I like him. I wanted to stay. wanted him to stay. But yeah, it looked like he was going to Villa. We didn't end up going to Villa. And then United ended up bringing Henderson back, another goalkeeper, which is going to be our number two now. And then Romero just, I don't know what's happening with him now. <coughs> can't leave. He's not going to get a game. I just feel sorry for the lad. His treatment's uh, ridiculous, really. Really understand. Andrew, as another United fan, what do you feel about this? Do you know what? It's if oh, you've got you've got three top first team goalkeepers, three top world goalkeepers, Henderson, De Gea, and Romero at United. So to me, I will let Romero go or De Gea go. One of them have got a goal. It's a fact. It's not going to be the hair, is it? I don't, I don't know, but one's got a goal. But you think how many times he's made a mistake this season and Anderson's been sitting there. He's had two games and he's had two clean sheets. Now, to <clears> me, <throat> let him have a go in the Premier League. Let him have a go. And if he does well, keep him in. If he doesn't, put the day back in again. You've got to make... <laughs> you've got to stick with a keeper who everybody trusts. I can't see the A being... Um, being trust, I don't trust him anyway as a keeper. To be fair though, I thought that's what things. Romero was for because he had a few, uh, De Gea had a few mistakes. He was playing well in the cup games, Romero. He's Argentina's number one. 
I think he thought that as soon as the guy made a few mistakes, he'd be in. But That's no, all I know then. So, out of them three keepers, who would you keep and who would you let go? Well, Henderson's very good. He's a young lad. But De Gea this season, I thought De Gea was much better. He's made How some good stuff, especially against PSG. How old is Romeo? He's not like Chelsea, he's got two keepers, one's 38 pet check. By the way, I'm so happy checks back in the squad, it just feels right. And, uh, we've got another keeper, it's basically 40, and then we've got a donkey of a kid, and then we've got the awesome Mendy. So it's made it kind of simple this year. Mendy's Chelsea's number one. Um, I would say about keepers, I, I see what you're getting at. Um, it's been proven at Chelsea if you have a quality keeper in goal, the defense look good. When you have a donkey, donkey from Spain, everyone knows if I'm a Chelsea fan who I mean there, Kepa is definitely not a keeper. Um, I don't know if he's world class still, Kepa, or if his confidence is shot, but it's strange keepers, isn't it? See, I yeah. would have three keepers because if you have a look at the sister problem that Liverpool have got at the moment, you haven't got a decent second keeper. Yeah, if <laughs> keeper goes out the window, you need at least a two backups. So I would I would keep all three. Yep. What Chelsea have done, they've got four keepers this year. Kepa's out of form, but you get his confidence. I think personally, Kepa and Daniel will probably go out on loan and it'll be Czech and the other one. I don't know why I forgot his name. It's a Chelsea keeper. How about that? Chelsea fan, I forgot our, our sub-keeper's name. Carrero. Say again, mate? It's called Carrero at City Keeper. Is that, is that the one you're on about? No, the, who's the old City Keeper we got from City, Gavin? What's his name again? The old geezer. You got him from City. The ball geezer. Um, yeah. I forgot his name. It's gone to my head. Jesus Christ. Yeah. No, that's not him. <laughs> <laughs> so we, I just we, 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 drunk. We're not thinking straight. <laughs> no. Yeah. Anyway. No, but, yeah, I know what you mean about having three good keepers. That is right. But it's just the fact the lad wanted to leave. You know, and mm. he's not going anywhere at United. He's a third keeper now behind Henderson. And Henderson's only one. Yeah. I don't know if I forgot his name. It's Willie Cap. It's Willie Cap. Cap- oh, Cabernero, isn't it? Cabernero. Cabernero. Keeper who can make loads of great saves, but when the ball gets <laughs> the ball, you get scared. Mm. That, yeah, that would have been funny. That would have so, been funny. Oh, your keeper last night. That would have. Oh, we just we just say this. What would you do? What What do you think was the right thing for him then, your keeper? Uh, for Romero. Yeah. I'd have let him go, to be fair. I like him, but Mate, if you bring in Henderson in... You've got Henderson. He's a quality keeper who's getting wasted on the bench. He should have stayed at... She- if if he weren't going to play him, should have kept him at she- Sheffield United personally, gave him another year. Well, that's it. And the fact, for me, the fact they brought Henderson back in has made De Gea step up a bit because he knew he was guaranteed like the number one spot. Um, but- me, personally, De Gea, I probably would have sold him and cashed in. I don't know, yeah. If Henderson leaving Sheffield United, they're now struggling. Yeah. Mm. Just proves how much of a key player he is. Yeah, he's very good. That's why I think the guy looked in game again. He, I think he got a bit complacent the past couple of seasons. He's not looked himself. <laughs> he made some really, really sloppy. You know, he's he's a very good goalkeeper, but some of the goals he's let in, it's not all his fault. But I think he reminded he me of Joe Hart. He got too comfortable yeah. knowing full well there was no one below him to challenge him for his place. Yeah, yeah, very so, much so. Yeah. So he's like, oh, well, what are you going to do? Are you going to replace me with? Yeah. Just go buy someone. And we did. Yep. Yeah. Even the great Pep had, uh, had a wobble, didn't he? He couldn't get his keepers right. Mm. 
Took him a few goals, didn't it? Yeah. Right, guys, I'm going to change the subject here. I'm going to go something else that really has become a bugbear of mine. It's always been a bugbear of mine for normal season, but COVID season, this is one of my rants. I cannot stand so many international breaks for a season normally. This season, <laughs> we've got COVID and the, the, everything's compressed. Players are, are going to get injuries galore. I know they're top professionals are loads of money, so we don't feel sorry for them. But as a fan of a club, I get sick of seeing my players going away every few weeks, playing for their country, who doesn't pay them any money, doesn't pay for their contracts, and they come back injured and can muck your season up. Um, international breaks normally, it does, it bugs me. Right now, I'm fuming about it. We've got one in November again, I believe, for this National Cup thing. Why did they not just get rid of the National Cup? I get a couple of friendlies, World Cup qualifiers and that, but I'm sorry, internationals, you've got to be put behind doors. Most <laughs> countries have to travel around the, Europe, the world right now. It's stupid for me. Um, I don't know what your thoughts are on it. Yeah, uh, Phil. Are you going, Andrew? Go on, you go. Oh, well, just a quick one. on that. They've made that National Cup, but I don't know what it's called. But for me, yeah. making that like a competition rather than just a few friendlies is worse because it's a bit more competitive. So that means players are going to go in a bit more and then there's more chance of getting injured. And it's still only a glorified friendly at the end of the day. Just play friendly if you're going to do it. I don't play them at all, like you say. And you're going to say. Yeah, I, I, I've got a big problem with this as well. I, I'm a big believer in when the Premier League's on. It, I don't think the international games should be even thought of. I don't think it should be thought of. I think it should be put to the end of the season and do it that way. Like like you said, they get injuries. They get they'd be out for months and months. I don't think that should be when the Premier League's on. I think it should be stopped. I don't think it should be played. That's my opinion. I don't know, but if you do agree, or if you don't agree, but that's just uh, my opinion. I don't personally. Think I think when, uh, league's I on. think Premier League's. I think international football is an old idea. What's dying out anyway, Gavin? What do you think? <laughs> Yeah, but I was, I'm thinking on the same line as Andrew. I think what we should do is basically have the qualifiers at the end of the season, like a like instead of having Europeans and the World Cups, we have the qualifiers in that gap between yeah. May and July. We also should have two weeks off at Christmas, New Year, whatever, like everyone else does to recharge batteries. And, and that's what we should do. Just have the Premier League from August to May. A couple of weeks off at Christmas, New Year, well, winter, <laughs> and, weather, and then go again. And get I, know rid of all these nationals. I know what you're saying, but the lads, in a, not when everything's normal, they get like a tournament, a big tournament, as long as we qualify every two years, don't they? So yeah. if, you, if you're going to do the, the qualification in that summer period, then they'll be doing that, they'll be playing football all the time. And I know that's their job, but... You've still got to think about injuries and fatigue and all yeah, that. Yeah, but and... a lot of them games, the qualifiers, we play against absolute countries what are a waste of time. And that's when your squad rotation could possibly fit in and you could put players who wouldn't normally always get into the starting lineup. They, you know, they get a little run out, would give the bigger names a bit of a rest as well. Uh, maybe the better answer is play half of them over the Christmas period, the qualifiers, and then play half of them in the summer for like a couple of weeks. So it's not so all congested together, but spread out a bit. If we're going to have a two-week period off, I know it's in, internationals are annoying, <laughs> but maybe we could have a two-week period off in December and January, two weeks of internationals, 
just get them out of the way, qualifiers and that. And then at the end of the season, when Champions League's over, a week after Champions League, two weeks more qualifiers, get them totally out of the way. Then the lads have got at least six, seven weeks holiday at that point. Yeah. What makes me laugh as well, how the African Nations Cup's in January and they are told they have to play in it. Yeah. It's like, hold on, we're paying their wages hundreds of thousand pounds a week and you're telling, dictating to us how we use the players we're playing for when you're giving them a grand each to play a football match. That's yeah. it. And he's sending them, like you say, all the way over to Africa, all the travel oh. and, and the, the risk of injury is, yeah, it's not good. <laughs> totally agree. So, um, Gavin, have you got a rant about anything you'd like to talk about now? Well, I'm going to keep VAR to someone who wants to talk about it a lot. Um... Yeah, we're going to go back again to, because, I mean, something close to mine and Paul um, area. Drolsden Football Club have been told they've got to close. Really? We were disc- we were just, we, yeah, they've been told they've got to close. I know they've stopped the season, but have they got to... Is yeah, that what they've, they've done it, they've stopped the season, haven't they? Yeah. And we, we've got a big club two miles down the road. Yeah, yeah. That's just not helping them. And they're spending two hundred, three hundred thousand pound a week on footballers, and that kind of money would sort Jolton out for a season. That's yeah. absolutely disgusting, and, it, and it's annoying. But I know it's my team, but it's not so annoying when you've got a team that big that are not helping these small clubs around them. The priorities are all wrong for all the clubs, not just your club, City. There, uh, look at uh, Arsenal. They, their uh, mascot, you know, they were going to lay him off. But mm. Ozil, I know he's not playing, but he uh, he offered to pay his wages and just made the club look stupid. It's just yeah. stupid. You know, little things like that, isn't it? You know, a fraction of the wages, please. It's, like, you've got to think about all the backroom staff and everything. And like you say, they could try and help, uh, just, I don't know, help Jordan in some sort of way. Yeah. I mean, mm. if you if you look at Everton's forward, now what's it called? Calvert-Lewin. Used yeah. to stay with Celtic lad. Yeah, that's it. Just come up, just come up from nothing, and, and it's, it's, that's where they've been starts. It starts at the small clubs. Well, like London, we've got a lot. Anyway. Yeah, there's a lot of clubs in the Greater Manchester area, but they're all very small. Apart from well, Phil, will say that we're small as well. But... Guys, I would exactly say the same about London. There's a there's a lot of clubs in London. There's only one big one, Chelsea, and the rest are very small. But <laughs> <laughs> but funny you say that. This the problem with football. Maybe the Premier League. I didn't like the idea of the Premier League doing. But thinking about this, this goes into a segue into another round. The Premier League have told all the Premier League clubs they've got to make a deal by the end of October, I believe. Um, Basically saying that they're not going to let lower standard European players join teams in the Premier League. So we can't buy cheap quality European players what ain't really up to, you know, like the big club players. What could be useful in a way, because hopefully then we'll go back to the old way of football when we used to go to the lower leagues and that, and we bought some quality players in from these lower league sides. And that could help them with money and, you know, giving them money for the players just would never usually get into a Premier League side. Jamie Vardy's a proof as well that sometimes we look too far abroad and there's quality players in the lower leagues who are just getting wasted. That money there, not going to an average European player none of us has heard of from some Russian team or something or team from Turkey, anything like that, nothing against them. If it's like the Messi's and that 
they're allowed in. But as I said, the money would be useful going to the lower league sides. And also help out English football by bringing younger English players into the Premier League, give them more experience. And with better players in the Premier League, they could become better players. And as I yeah. said, it helps the smaller clubs out with their financial problems. Yeah. So it is a worry. Yeah. So some of the some of the smaller clubs are allowed fans in, aren't they? Which is very good for them, but I still it's only a fraction of what they'd normally get. Isn't it? Like uh, I know Stockport County is still running with a crowd, which is great. Yeah, yeah, because a friend of mine goes, but like I say, it's only a fraction. But a lot of the a lot of the lower league teams can't do that. <laughs> I don't know why they can't do it in a prem, like we said, but and they do I mean, do it. Why, why can't they not open these smaller clubs? It's not like everyone's piled in. No, but then I can I can see why actually because then some of the bigger club fans will hit all done. There's a football match on down the road. Yeah, yeah. And then, but, but that's a good thing in one way because that then brings money in and another supporter into the, the ground. There, there, there is an answer. There's a simple answer, guys you could just say, look, from two weeks' time, we're going to have crowds in our home game. Um, we're only going to be allowed 300 fans in lower leagues. Um, if you want to come, you have to pay for the ticket up front. You can't show up to the gate and get in like we're used yeah. to doing lower league football. And still wear masks. Yeah. yeah. Well, if Jawson yeah, is still, yeah. if is still yeah. playing, I'd go. You should, you should be able to just go in and wear a mask and about keep your six foot. It's well, easy. You don't want to play but you were going to say something about the crowds, weren't you, Andrew? Oh, I can't. I can't. Oh, yeah. Um, well, you said about uh, yeah, on the continent and what have you. No. Um, I've checked Phil um, this afternoon and I'm saying that Formula One are letting the crowds in now. Mm. They've got them in. Um, I was watching this afternoon, but they won't let them in the, the um, football stadium. So what is the difference? Oh, the, oh, the thing is, it was in Portugal today. No difference. Let them come in there. Let, like you said... Maybe two or three thousand in, and a couple yeah. hundred, a couple hundred in the lower um, teams. Get them in. You've got to get the money. If not, I can see in the two or three years time the lower clubs be all shut, gone. No, not. Fact. It be the fact. Yeah. Well, I know what Andrew's saying, guys, because um, if you look around, I think Italy and I know Belgium have got fans back in the stadiums. American MLS, they've got fans back in. Um. I can't figure out why outside um, stadiums, especially Premier League ones, what are massive, most of them. Yeah. Oh, it's a few small ones, but most of them at least hold up to 30,000 fans. Um, a 30,000 fan stadium, there's no reason <laughs> you can't have three to 5,000 fans in there to start with. Just slowly bring it in. Chelsea's 40,000, so you're talking about 5,000 to 6,000 fans in there. Then you've got the cities of Man United, the Arsenal, the Tottenham, who've got the massive stadiums, who should be allowed at least, I would say, eight to ten thousand fans in. But if you make it, that well, if you just get an average and make it like an average of thirty, and then make it like five percent, ten percent, or whatever, that'd still yeah. be a, even if they break even, it'd still be better than nothing, wouldn't it? You know. Well, yeah, but would you would you be happy saying United done it and just say right, you can fill the kip at send, fill that, and that's we'll it. Never would fill one out. You won't be allowed to fill one end up. You'd have to spread no. it out around the stadium. Be spread right no, around. Would, uh, yeah, but would, yeah. You, would you be happy just to get that to start yeah. off? But obviously, yeah. 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 we do love it. Them. No one wants to play. No one wants to be the biggest crowd of the season. Three thousand. I was going to say that. Yeah. It's just yeah. like an old game for Sir. 
<laughs> How about to say, yeah, in all fairness, guys, this season has been normal for Manchester City. The crowds ain't usually there. Arsenal fans, it makes no difference because they don't make any noise full stop anyway. It's right now, oh. at the moment. Well, it is now, but, you know. How do you say that? How would you do it, though, guys? Because I don't know what's going A lot of clubs have held their season tickets from last season. Some clubs just not had any season ticket holders this season. Me personally, it's a weird one because you couldn't just. Is it first come, first serves? You'd have to do a ballot like you do for uh, away tickets and what have you, European tickets. You'd have to do that sort of thing. Yeah, but sure. would that actually work? Would that actually work? I yes, I think you'll get better season ticket holders and go. Draw. Yeah, them definitely them. Yeah, yeah. Season I ticket think, holders. I think season ticket holders are the best ones because basically they're the ones who do go away from home and make the noise. So if they're yeah. the only ones in the stadium, they're probably going to be the ones making the noise, and it's not going to sound so quiet. Well, you know they you know they're generally not going to piss about because the yeah the, the opposition know who they are, and then like, <laughs> well, there you go, Paul Plant, you were shouting and being a dickhead, so you're not coming anymore. Yeah, as you say, because of COVID listing. If they're season yeah. ticket holders, all their details is there. Well, anyway, anyway, they know who they are, don't they? And if yeah. if you let somebody else go in your place, then they represent you, don't they? Yeah, but would you not do it like a, a raffle type of thing? Do it like a raffle when you get so many and say... I think yeah, it's down it to how way. many season ticket holders you have and how many people come to the stadium. If, say, you're, say for all Van United, big club, rubbish manager, but big club, <laughs> if... I don't know how many season ticket holders is the average at Man United. Does anybody know? I can't remember. It's right up there. It, yeah, it's quite a lot. 55, 70,000. Yeah, it's up near the full mark, whack, yeah. Oh, is it? So, yeah. you're yeah, talking yeah. with Man United, then you're talking, we'll say 10,000 is allowed. We'll just go for a stupid number, a nice round number, 10,000. If you've got, say, 50,000 season ticket holders, I think you first go with the ones who pay the most for a season ticket. Then you go for the ones who... No, it's got a raffle between them all. No, 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 let, me, no, let me finish, let me finish. First, first game, you go for the, the ones who have paid the most. They, 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 they pay the most. After that, it's, it's a weird raffle thing, but um, that's why I think it's stupid. A lot of clubs have frozen the season tickets. Um, it's, it, there's going to be disappointment no matter what, because people <laughs> pay money to be in them stadiums. So um, it, it's, it's a real tough money. one to call. The people who pay the most money, the prawn sandwich brigade, as Keen used to put them. Yeah. They were just, just there for the. Because, you know, I, I was watching night of the week. And, 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 yeah, and yeah. Okay, we go, yeah, we'll go with the raffle then. That, that's a fair one. But. Well, maybe like 90, 85, 90% season ticket holders, and then the rest, the other 15%. So the average show, like I haven't got a season ticket, but I do, you know. <laughs> and then if you want to apply, then you could go in that raffle. That's fair enough. And while we're going to that, um, I'm going to segue into another thing here, guys. We're going to talk about, and I found out some more details about it, um, the pay-per-view for Premier League. I know some people are for it, some people are against it. What I found out, though, is Sky and BT themselves are actually hating it. They don't want to do it. This was pushed on them by the government and the Premier League. Now, apparently, people are not paying for it and they're actually no. doing a really good thing as a market Rashford. They're putting the money into food banks for kids to eat over holiday periods and that. Everyone who's done that, fantastic, well done. And if you haven't done it, you want to do it, <laughs> go and do it, guys. But um, I get what people say in the pay-per-views is, well, these games normally wouldn't be on TV. That You've got that brigade and then you've got the one saying, but it's ridiculous price. I'm in between the games. It wouldn't be on TV. The price is ridiculous. 
um, pay-per-view. It should have been a fiver a game. I actually feel sorry for the, us lot. We all support big clubs in the Premier League. A lot of the time, <laughs> our games are going to be on normal Sky and BT anyway. But the problem is you've got them Burnleys and that who might not have a game on for a whole month. That's um, 60 quid a month for a fan who wants to watch it. Yet again, someone's going to go, you pay more to watch a game at the stadium. But it's not the same. I don't care what anybody says. I'd rather be at Stamford Bridge than watching at home. I love the atmospheres at a stadium. Um, I think I'd rather, be, I'd, rather be, I'd rather be at home than at Stamford Bridge. Uh, yeah. Why your team's playing this season, mate, you probably lose. <laughs> so, what's everyone else thought, thought on this fifteen pound? I think it's your job to pay no, that. If, if you think about it, again, Andrew. Uh, if you think about it, like you could say, BT Sport. If you've got a package BT and it's on Sky as well, you should not. You should not. You should not be able to get it free. Um, but if. Now, in the same way, if you still got it, we're taking it off and you still got to pay to watch these games. It's a joke. I won't be doing it. It's, it's, I think it's a I waste of money altogether. That's what I'm going to say. I don't need to do it. <laughs> no, 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 none of us need to do it. But you don't go to the games either, Andrew. So, you know, you, you, you no, won't but, be seeing that game. I don't no, see what you mean, Phil, about the Burnley fans who are going to have to pay the 15 quid every time. But if they're yeah, going to the home games, they're going to pay that anyway. I would say that, yeah, but we got to remember this is only happening these games on TV because we're not allowed in the stadiums. If we're allowed yeah, in the stadiums, yeah. the, the obvious reason behind it is if we didn't see it on TV, we would start saying we've got a conspiracy theory out there. There was no fans in the stadium, clearly, match fixing is going on. So that's why <laughs> they're on TV. Four words. Four words why this isn't going to work. Match of the day. Yeah, yeah. What's the highlights? Yeah. Everything else. As we, know, well, we all know Chelsea were on for about two minutes because that's what they're trying to do, oh, show highlights. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but match of the day. I mean, what do we used to watch? We used to watch match of the day. We didn't used to have satellite yeah. TV. We didn't be able to, we were able to watch the games live. So we'd wait, we'd wait for match of the day to come on and watch match of the day. Who remembers no. the good old days oh, when you used to listen on the radio? Back. Yeah. Yeah, the radio. Yeah. I like listening on the radio. I'm playing FIFA. Why not? Why not get on back on the radio? It's it's, it's always on the radio. Andrew. On Radio Five Live. Yeah. They always have yeah, a decent match on. Yeah. Mm. But there's always a way to watch it nowadays if you know how to do it, and that's going to uh, increase because people don't want to pay it, and you know people will share links and they'll tell other people how to do it. They're only pushing other people towards that sort of way of doing it. Oh, I wouldn't mm. know which way you're talking about, mate. I've never. No, checked no, yeah, I know you wouldn't. <laughs> what are you talking about there? I don't know anything. No, about we're all yeah, good, yeah, innocent yeah, people. We're good, we innocent. Know, people. We all know what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> no clue, mate. I'm like I'm like Trump in America. I have no clue what you're talking about. I don't break any rules whatsoever. I'll give you the links. They'll be the best links. <laughs> <laughs> people, put, just in case anybody from Premier League is listening, Paul is joking, honest. Oh, Joking. Yeah. They always paid for me, uh, extortion at Sky and BT. I haven't had Sky and BT for about two years, and it's the best thing I ever yeah, did. Whatever. <laughs> so we've got one more rant, guys, and it's from Craig, and I actually kind of like it. Um, it is to do with VAR and officials. Yeah, again, me being very unprofessional, I didn't have it ready. <laughs> 
Why is Craig complaining about VAR, we wonder? Well, <laughs> we're, we're, we're going to get into so many things with VAR, especially you, you Man United fans know what I'm going to be going about. But um, Craig put, refs hiding behind VAR and bottling big decisions. They should be mic'd up and use the monitor um, unless it's clear cut. So pretty much like rugby, he wants them mic'd up, and you know, so we can hear what they're saying. What I, I, I can't understand why it hasn't come in already. It should have been here two years ago. It should have come in with VAR. We, I know there's going to be swearing in that, but all, players have just got to be warned. You, mic'd up, swearing's gone. I'm, I know they're passionate in that, but it works in rugby. They're passionate sports players as well. So don't give me any of that absolute shit, people, as I swear as well referees need to be mic'd they also need to be held accountable after the games and the lead VAR official we're talking about an hour after the game they need to come out to the press and explain their absolute diabolical decisions exactly and they made a couple of cock-ups and trust me they should have come out after the match and explained if that means they get that down to a low division to ref don't make the same mistakes then and that's the only way you can um, stop it come out afterwards and say I've done this mistake they have, they have done that where a referee has made an absolute absolute howler and they've been turned around and say, right, well, you're not refereeing in the Premiership. You're going down, you're going to go to, oh, I don't know. Is that for the Van Dyke decision? What, no, this was, this was, this has been a couple of years ago when there was a Premier League uh, referee actually refereeing a Division 1 or Division 2 match yeah, because his, 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 um, his, <laughs> Decisions were that bad and that appalling that the, the referees board went. Tell you what, have a rest. Go and referee something else. Yeah, because the far official for the Merseyside derby when um, the, the worst keeper in Premier League, Pickford, went through Van Dyke. It was, it, it's, oh. a, it's a clear and current. It was a red card decision. It's disgusting. That the referees, the, the VAR referee, then turns around and goes, "Oh, I didn't know that was allowed to be done." I mean, seriously. I mean, this is what's the problem with VAR, guys. Even the referees don't understand what they're meant to be doing with it. And they're all hiding behind it. Sorry, go on. <laughs> they've got excuse all the time. The problem with VAR is the technology's there and it would work. But it there's too many bloody rules and it's too complicated. And referees are humans, like you and me, we all agree and disagree on different decisions. They're exactly the same. So one referee one game may think handball, penalty, dirty tackle, red card, and that. Another game, the referee may think. Slightly different yellow card, not a penalty, you know, not a real dirty tackle. And that is the problem with it. We need for people, not referees, but ref in the Premier League, we need official four or five, maybe ten VAR officials. That's all they do. And some of them need to be ex-Premier League players who know all the dirty tricks and that what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's very true, yeah. Yeah, because... I don't know. Well, there's no. It's very much a non-contact sport nowadays, though, isn't it? Oh, it's pathetic. I can't believe the Chelsea versus Man United game. Chelsea should have had a blatant penalty. Maguire <laughs> thinks he's doing WWE wrestling, UFC fighting, whatever that was on Aston Maguire. You find out the VAR didn't even look at it. What's absolutely disgusting because no, although no, they no, look no. at it, they had to give Chelsea a penalty. That was a relief, not disgusting. That was a relief. Disgusting. And then they go up the other end. Rashford gets the slightest touch on his boots by running through, and it takes far two minutes to look at it. Get on with the bloody game with that one. It was so obvious. They annoy the hell out of me, the officials. I mean, nothing makes sense anymore. The game's been ruined by far. Me personally, 
get rid of VAR now until we can figure out how to use it properly. Cut down the rules on it. Marcus Rashford, MBE. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, Marcus, I've got nothing against you, mate. (laughs) As I said earlier, what you're doing for the children in the country against that greedy government of ours. Look around the the Absolutely. Yeah, thank you. It's been an absolute <laughs> embarrassment, Boris and his cronies, and yeah, they yeah. should be ashamed. We know COVID's going on, and they I believe the words they said was, we've got to make sure the money's there for education. Um, Boris and co, you yeah. can't educate dead children. It's dark and horrible. Mm. They're not getting fed. How long do you think they're going to survive? Get them their bloody food and stop being greedy. At the same time, when you all had massive pay rise, you greedy, fat bastards. <laughs> But it's still a diving swap. <laughs> <laughs> and, but the uh, the referee shenanigans goes back to what we we're saying about the fans, the lack of fans. There's no pressure on the players. There's no pressure pressure on the referees. I know we're talking about VAR, but they can make the decision as well. It's if you've got 60,000, 30,000 people shouting penalty. It's There's some of the excuses. Life. It's the excuses they make the world afterwards. But when you know it's a blatant bad decision and they come out with some of the ridiculous excuses, VAR to cover and stuff. But why is the ref? Because this season This season it's in. Why are the referees just, instead of these big decisions, letting the VAR guys choose, let the VAR guys look. But at the same time while the VAR guys are looking in their ear, go over to that bloody screen themselves and have a look for themselves. Stop hiding behind the VAR official. You can look yourself. The VAR official can say to you in your ear, this is what I think, like a fourth official on the linesman could. But the referee should have final say on every single decision. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because if, they don't so if want to slow the game down. So if but it slows it down anyway, because VAR's looking. So why the referee standing in the middle like a donkey doing nothing? He could be walking over to that screen himself going... Hello, Mr. VAR official. I'm looking myself. The VAR official goes, go, go. I think it's a blatant penalty. The referee goes, well, I'm not sure it's a blatant penalty. I'm the ref of this game. On the pitch, I've had the view from my ref eyes. I've had the views from the linesmen who are watching the game. And I've looked at your camera views. It's not a penalty. Game on. And then it's down to the ref. And we're not letting someone else who's miles away in a studio decide what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Phil. Phil. Yeah. When you... um... Like Marcus Rashford going down, you're saying the referee's got the last decision. All right, say it goes to the last decision and the referee says, right, it's a penalty. Even though if it wasn't and he'd give a penalty, we'd be, be on his back again. Yeah, but we'd be on their backs anyway for VAR, if it's a far official doing it. But the official, the referee on the middle of the pitch is in charge of that game, is he not? Yeah. yeah. So sure. every last decision is that person's decision. They are paid now professional money to ref the game. VAR is there to help. Their job as a referee on that pitch is to say penalty, not penalty, red card, free kick, whatever. It's their job. And if they don't want to do it, what's the point of them actually being on the pitch? They might as well just sit behind the screen and watch it from, like we do at home. Yeah. It's very true. It's, uh, it's, not, it's not right. It's just human error, but they had that many people. Say human error if it was one person, but there's not six people looking at it. I've got a question. VAR's been around for over a season now. Truthfully, we had loads of problems before VAR with referees' decisions. What did you prefer? Human error or human error of VAR, what takes five minutes to still get get it wrong? Human error. Yeah, standard human error. Yeah, get on with it. I think red cards and that, this is what I think VAR should be used for. Red cards, penalties, 
and offsides, but I'm not talking about really close ones what takes VAR six minutes to get a little okay. line. Well, if that, it's clear and obvious. One, the Liverpool one last week, that's ridiculous. There was a rule not long ago it gave the attackers the yeah. benefit of the doubt. We're talking that. I mean, was, we're talking a sleeve. It was nothing, was it? Doubt anymore. No. Oh, I think they've ruined the game. It's, it's, it feels like the, the Americans game, are like. trying to change our game and they're bloody ruining it. Yeah. Yeah. I think they should get rid of VAR together. Well, I think it's the same. I think it's cut it down. Yeah, yeah. It works in tennis. So why can it not work in football? Because in football, they use it, as you say, offside. It's stupid. If the offside... So people obviously can't see this because it's in the podcast. If it's like, you know, your body length offside, it's offside. Yeah. But if we're talking millimetres. Yeah. That, that, that's just... That's not clear and obvious. And it's it's bad. Like, um, a millimetre is not going to score you a bloody goal. I don't care what anybody no. says. You've also got the phases of play now, aren't you? Was it played in this phase? And, oh. oh, yeah. Even handballs for the attacker now. Listen to this one. Yeah. So if I handball it in an attack and then there's two more passes after that, the handball doesn't count because there's been different phases. So the goal can be allowed. I mean, I'll keep that. <laughs> Just get on with it. Get, as I said, bar blatant offsides, blatant red cards, blatant pennies. It's yeah. sorted. You don't need it for everything else. I mean, no, no, no. if the offside's too close, if it takes longer than 30 seconds to decide if it's offside, it's not clear and obvious, it's a bloody goal. Mm. Yeah. Uh, it's ridiculous. So I think we've had some amazing rants on this. I'd like to thank Paul again. Paul, um, if you want to follow Paul, Paul guys on Twitter, he's at PaulDavid28. He doesn't do much on there, but when he does, it's kind of interesting. <laughs> Um, as far as I know, Andrew and Gavin both are not on Twitter. And follow Rant Football on Twitter at Rant Football One. Hopefully, Simon, Donna, and the rest of the gang will be back soon. And you know, the rants can calm down about bar because we all want it to work, and we all hope that Man City just keep on failing like they are. <laughs> oh, I want Chelsea to fail. I want Everton to win the league over the you lot. Well, yeah. we're not going to win it. Chelsea ain't going to win the league because Chelsea can't decide if they want to score goals or let in goals anymore. So, um, and I will on the next show around football, if scores don't keep on going right for me, I will explain on this podcast why I think Allegri may be a better choice for Chelsea. Same for Man United. But everybody, that's the end of the show. So say goodbye, everyone. All right. See you later. Bye, everyone. See you later. Well, the full-time whistle has blown. Thank you for listening to another episode of Rant Football UK. If you enjoyed it, please go over to Apple Podcasts, give us five stars and a nice little comment if you can. Also, check us out on Twitter at Rant Football One. If you'd like to come on with us and have a rant, email us at rantfootballone at gmail.com. This podcast is part of the After Dark Podcast Network.